Hi, my name's Tina Waldron. Welcome to the podcast. Every week I look to interview someone that can help you share your faith naturally with the world around you. In 2023, I'm going to be interviewing people in Australia, also a few from overseas, and then there'll be a few weeks that I'll jump on myself and actually do a little bit of recording with some information that may help. If you're looking to do some coaching and evangelism or as a female in ministry or an online course this year in personal evangelism, please check out our website, evangelisminaustralia.com. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism Podcast. My name's Tina Waltram from Evangelism in Australia. Today I am talking to James McPherson about reaching our crazy world. James is the co-host from The Late Debate on Sky News with Liz Storer and Caleb Bond. I don't know if you're watching, but you need to. It's pretty much a great show to get involved with and get behind. James is always right. Apparently I heard this week with one of the cups that he had on set. So welcome to you, James. Hey, Tina. Thanks for having me. It's good to be with you again. I enjoyed our last conversation, so looking forward to today. It's great to have you back. Tell us a little bit about this, because last time you weren't uh, co-hosting the late debate on Sky News. How did that come about? And give us the brush um, strokes of what the uh, show's about. Well, I'd been writing articles for The Spectator magazine, and Rowan Dean, who's the editor of The Spectator, he uh, has a program on Sky Sunday mornings, and at the time had a program on uh, weeknights. So he started inviting me to come on and just do 10-minute commentary spots uh, on Sky Television on his program. And then from that, um, Sky News decided they wanted to start a brand new program in 2023 and were looking for um, hosts. And so um, after a number of conversations, they uh they asked me to be the host of The Late Debate, which airs on Sky News Australia Mondays through Thursdays, uh, 10 p.m. So you're probably in bed at 10 p.m., Tina, but... <laughs> not not quite. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a pretty fast-paced program. Uh, half hour, we review all the news of the day. It's a bit lighthearted because at that hour of the night, you don't want heavy news. Um, so we sort of... Uh, point out the major inconsistencies and interesting talking points from the day's news. It's pretty entertaining and it, it keeps you up to date with what's happening. So it's a lot of fun. It is. And I love how you do point out those inconsistencies. And I'd like to chat a little bit about this crazy world and reaching this crazy world uh, that we're in. Uh, tell me a little bit, James, your faith background. Uh, I'm a preacher's kid. So started going to church nine months before I was born. And uh, so I've always been in church. It's funny when you talk to people, they say, oh, so you're a Christian because you were brought up a Christian, which I actually find that quite insulting because it implies that at no point did you ever exercise uh, rational thought. And and so when I tell people, well, yeah, I, I started going to church because uh, I had to, but these days um, I can do what I want and I continue to go to church, not because I have to, but because I believe Christianity to be true. And that always elicits an interesting reaction because, of course, a lot of people don't believe in truth anymore. And so when I further say that if someone seriously could convince me that Jesus wasn't real or Jesus was not who he claimed to be, I would ditch Christianity in a heartbeat. I'm not a Christian because of sentimentality or because of cultural allegiance or because of family background. I'm a Christian because I genuinely believe it to be true 
And if I could be persuaded that it was not true, what interest would I have in it? And I always find the reaction from people to be quite interesting because um, as a culture, uh, everything is subjective. You've got your truth. I've got my truth, which basically means nothing's true. It's just whatever makes you feel good. So when you tell people I'm a Christian because I believe it to be true, and that's the only reason, if it were not true, I'd, I'd become something else. It always opens up an interesting conversation. <laughs> I'm sure it does, and uh, that's a great way to frame it. And even there, I'm thinking, well, there's some great things that we can uh, think about from what you've just said. This crazy world, James, it is a very, very crazy world. Um, I was reading uh, your book, Notes from Woketopia, and you're talking about this incident that happened in the United States. So, Basically, there's a naked man in a change room in a in a spa in Los Angeles, and a woman complains about this naked man being in the change room, of which she received the response that the man had the right to be there because he identified as a woman. James, it's a crazy world. What's your thoughts on that one? The interesting thing about that particular episode is that uh, – people pulled out their phones and started filming when she complained to the proprietors of the health spa that there's uh, a man in the women's change room. And they said, well, it's not a man, it's a transgendered person. And she said, well, this transgendered person has a penis, uh, therefore it's a man, uh, which is a fairly good argument, I would have thought. And uh, anyway, people filmed this interaction and and the, the interaction or the argument um, it went viral, and and what made me curious is that uh, it's so rare these days to to find somebody brave enough to say what everyone else is thinking. I mean, every, everyone knows if you've got a penis, you're a man. I mean, it, it's ridiculous that we're even having this conversation. Um, but the fact that she was willing to say it and say it publicly was so unusual. Uh, that people pulled out their phones to record uh, because, you know, it was International Women's Day just the other day. Happy International Women's Day, by the way, Tina, and congratulations on being a woman. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, on International Women's Day, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, decided to tweet, quote, let me make this clear, trans women are women. That's what he decided to tweet on International Women's Day. Um, Jill Biden, wife of the leader of the free world, handed out awards for women uh, of courage and of 11 women that she decided to honour, one was a biological man. Um, And and this this thing is being pushed upon us um, at every turn and it, it starts to wear you down and I actually think that's part of the strategy eventually people just get sick of talking about it they don't want to hear about it anymore so we just kind of shrug our shoulders i mean there's a major swimwear brand in australia called sea folly which announced on international women's day that uh, instead of having miranda kerr who's a beautiful woman modeling swimwear um, of course you'd buy their swimwear if you're a woman you want to look like miranda kerr well they decided no no we're going to have a transgendered woman in other words a biological man with a beard, no less, uh, advertising swimmen. Now, now, why women would want to see women's swimwear modelled on a biological man uh, to know whether or not it would suit them, I have no idea. Uh, there was a bit of backlash. 
And then the following day, the transgendered model uh, came out and man- mansplained to women um, that, you know, some women can have a penis. And, and everyone just sort of shrugged their shoulders. Oh, well. And, and eventually it just becomes the accepted narrative and everyone's too afraid to say anything. And, and if you've got children or grandchildren, you can't afford to go quiet on these things because eventually it just becomes um, the dogma. And, and our children just grow up to think, oh, well, you know, you can change gender and uh, if a man wants to be a woman, he can. And if a man wants to play women's sport, then he can. And, and, and these things eventually become normalized, then they become accepted. And so we've got to keep pushing back on these things. But it was so rare uh, for someone to actually speak out about it that, as I said, people pulled out their phones and recorded this woman protesting. No, no, he's, he's got a penis. I can see his penis. <laughs> it, it's a man in the women's change room. It, it just shows you how crazy the world has become. You know, they used to say that, that the world was divided by religion. You know, it's a clash of whether it's Christianity versus Islam or or the world is divided by um, political ideologies, whether it's uh capitalism versus communism, free market versus um, Marxism. These days, I honestly think the, ba- the world is divided between the, the sane and the insane. Um, sane people who would say what a normal person would say and react the way a normal person would react and, and other people who uh, go, no, no, you know, a man can be a woman and up is down and black is white and... Um, so, so literally, it, it feels to me, your introduction is quite right, the world's gone quite mad, and the great divide now is between uh, people who are sane and people who have drunk the Kool-Aid and uh, have become quite mad. But this ought not surprise us. I mean, the Apostle Paul spoke in Romans chapter 1 that as people denied the knowledge of God, eventually professing to be wise, they would become fools and their thinking would be darkened. In other words, that their ability to exercise rational thought would become impaired and the whole world would go quite mad. Well, we're living in those days. And the only consolation, Tina, is that some of it is quite hilarious, really. (laughs) Um, I mean, if you'd said to my grandfather, one day, uh, you know, your, your grandson will be on national television debating whether or not women can have a penis, I mean, he would have fallen off his chair in fits of laughter thinking that, you know, we were mental, um, and yet that's the world in which we live. It's uh, it's amazing. It is a crazy world, but what intrigues me and, and what I want to know more of, James, is other people see this differently. People see this differently, like your – like the cup that you had on set, I'm always right, that you know, Caleb Bond was having a bit of a laugh at on the late debate. Yours is a very strong opinion. You're, you're very clear on what you're saying. But let's talk about other sides of this story because what I want to walk away with today is so that people can understand how do other people perceive this and how do we actually then engage as Christians in this space because I'm thinking that a whole lot of disrespect towards other people's thoughts and processes on this, probably not the most helpful track to take. So tell me about other sides of the story, how people are seeing this. I mean, how would this be discussed if it was on the late debate? Well, firstly, let me say there is no other side of the story because this is not my opinion. This is biology. You know, we're constantly told by by, uh, politicians, follow the science. And then in the next breath, they say, you know, women can have a penis. Well, well, I mean, that is an unbelievable level of cognitive dissonance 
where you say, follow the science, women can have a penis. Well, well, do you want me to follow the science or not? So I'm not having a shot at you, but you did say, well, that's your opinion. <laughs> if someone did say that to me, seriously, I'd say, well, that, no, that's not my opinion. That's a biological fact. I'm not giving you, you know, just my take. I, 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 I'm telling you what your own eyes tell you when you look down in the shower. Um, but to your point, you know, G.K. Chesterton once said that uh, if if the devil can't uh, push you away from God, then what he'll do is he'll push you towards God, but he'll push you so hard that you just go to an absolute extreme. And in some ways, the problem with our world is not that it's become too evil, it's become too kind. Um and so the people who say, well, you know, uh, a man uh, can become a woman and the basis uh, for their belief is that we've got to be kind to a very small group of people who are suffering from a real condition, gender dysphoria, no doubt is a real condition, and, and some people do suffer from it, but it's a tiny proportion of people. And so what they've said is we want to be tolerant, we want to be kind, um, we don't want to exclude people, and therefore we're going to rearrange all of society, uh, including language, including laws, in order to be kind to a few people. And so we've taken kindness to an absolute extreme. And, and this is why good people can abandon common sense because they, their, their motivation is they, they want to be kind and they want to be good. Um, now, of course, the counter to that is it's not kind to tell people lies. It's not kind to tell people who are struggling with a condition that if they surgically alter their bodies and take copious amounts of chemicals for the rest of their lives, that that's going to solve their problems. And, of course, we know it doesn't because studies show that most people presenting with gender dysphoria also have a number of other mental health issues, and years after transitioning, uh, those mental health issues are still present. Um, Daniel Andrews, the uh, Premier of Victoria, loves to say that um, you know people with gender dysphoria are five times, 15 times more likely to take their lives, and no one wants to see anyone take their life. But the fact is that years after transitioning, the studies show that uh, people are still just as likely to think about self-harm. Um, so the, the motivation is kindness. We, we want to be kind. We want to look after people. Well, of course, everyone wants that, but it's not kind to tell people lies. It's not kind to sell people false hope. And it's not kind to rearrange all of society and impose this ideology that is anti-women, that is unhealthy for children, it's anti-free speech, it's anti-science, anti-biology, but insist everyone must go along with it to be kind. Well, that's not kind. That, that actually becomes quite pernicious. 100% agree, but how do we communicate? How do you connect with people that may be on, on this agenda without losing the relationship? Because the biggest discussion in the Christian world is how Christians so easily fall out of relationship with their very 
strong opinions with people. I can see you shaking your head. It's so funny. We fall out of relationship with people. So there, there has to be a way that we can engage with people that have different viewpoints and be kind, but there has to be a tone. Is there a tone or is there, is there a way to communicate with people to present Christ yep. but in a way that people can want to listen because it is black and white like you're saying? Tina, if I said to you there's male and female, there's not 72 genders and a man can't become a woman, a man might want to live as a woman and if he wants to live a, as a woman, that's fine. I mean, whatever makes you happy. And I honestly believe that. If, if you want to live as the opposite gender, then one of the, the wonderful things that God has given us is free choice. And one of the great things about living in a liberal Western democracy is that we allow people uh, to essentially do what they want. Um, now, you shouldn't then impose that upon everybody else, but, but if you want to... Uh, dress as someone of the opposite gender and identify that way, that's that's fine. But the fact is that you're not the opposite gender. You're someone identifying as, but but you're not. Now, you said that um, we fall out of relationships. Um, if you choose not to associate with me because that's my view, I'm not falling out of relationship. You are refusing to have relationship with me because I just spoke truth. And I think one of the problems in the church at the moment is we are more concerned about keeping relationship than we are about speaking truth. Now, the scripture says, speak the truth in love. In other words, I'm not speaking the truth to be right or to win an argument. I'm I'm speaking the truth because I genuinely want the best for you. Um, But nevertheless, I am going to speak truth. Now, if, if that ends our relationship, well, to be honest, that's not on me. That's on you. And the fact is a lot of people don't want truth. Um, I, I mean, 2,000 years ago, they crucified truth. And, and so we say, well, how can we speak truth without losing relationship? Well, the, the fact is you can't many times. Jesus told the disciples, when you go to a village, preach the gospel, and if they won't accept it, wipe the dust off your shoes, go to the next village. Well, we don't do that. We stay in the village and say, well, we won't talk about that anymore if you'll still be friends with us. Or, well, you know, there's two sides to everything. That's just my thoughts, but you can have your thoughts. And, and, and our priority is to keep relationship to the point where we start denying the gospel. And I don't think that's a legitimate Christian witness, and I don't think it's good for the culture. And I think one of the things we're seeing at the moment is the church has so little influence in culture because for so many years we've been trying to do everything we can to ingratiate ourselves into the culture rather than say, well, actually, that's the way the culture's going, but that's not actually correct. And we love you, but but this is the truth. And um, so I, I, in answer to your question, we need to be polite. We We need to be kind, we need to be loving while still being absolutely immovable on issues of truth. And if that ends relationships, well, unfortunately, that's what happens. And if if you won't be my friend because of truth, well, you've walked away, not me, and I'll always be here with arms open wide. The journalist Andrew Bolt, um, who is, you know, people listening to this podcast 
if they know Andrew Bolt, they, they might have all sorts of opinions. Some people love Andrew Bolt. Some people don't like him at all because he has very strong opinions. Uh, whatever you think of his opinions, um, he's one of the nicest, most gracious people that you'll ever meet. I was interviewing him some years ago and I, I said to him, I asked him the same question you just asked me. I said, Andrew, how do Christians communicate, you know, the gospel, but in a way that, that, that we don't lose people? And he literally laughed at me. And he said, James, don't you guys teach heaven and hell? Don't you guys teach truth? Which which means that uh, the opposite is an untruth. Um if you want everyone to love you, you're in the wrong business. Get This is what he said to me. He said, get out of the religion business because don't don't you guys talk about heaven and hell, the sheep and the goats, um, truthhood and falsehood? If, if you want people to like you, get out of the religion business. Go do something else if you don't want to be divisive. By definition, you're divisive because don't you teach that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? No one gets to the Father except through him. And you're asking how can you get everyone to like you? You can't. Um, I thought it was interesting being lectured by Andrew Bolt, who by his own confession is not a believer, on um, what it means to be a believer. But he's right. And I think this is one of the mistakes that we've made Mm. because, you know, many Christians, about the only thing we believe about Jesus is is he was was nice. And and so we're trying very hard to be nice um, instead of uh, pointing to Jesus who is the truth. Mm-hmm. I do agree, James. I agree with what you're saying. I like what you said about polite. You did concede that we need to be polite if we're going to be having conversations with people. But see, Tina, it's funny that it's funny that you come back to that, and you're you're typical of people. Oh, but it's good that you said we've got to be polite. Well, of course. But James, people aren't. Mo- that's not true. Most people are. Most people are polite. Most Christians are polite. Now, you'll always get a few crazy people, but the fact is most most Christians are polite. So polite in love as we communicate with this crazy world, would that be a good summary? Polite in love as we communicate truth. And a lot of people mistake a strong opinion for being impolite. When you're dealing with crazy people, you can't say, oh, well, you know, maybe – No, no, we're way past that, Tina. We're way past that. We've got leaders of the free world saying trans women are women, if we want to use that as the the key topic. And and, and in Canada, you can be imprisoned for using the wrong pronouns. And and your problem is that, oh, we've got to be polite. No, no, we're we're way past the issue of wondering, oh, was my tone okay? Um, You know, just the other day, Um, We had a Catholic woman arrested in England for standing outside an abortion clinic. When it was closed, she wasn't holding a protest sign. She wasn't talking to anyone. She was standing there silently, but the police arrested her for praying in her head. In other words, they said, are you thinking thoughts to your God? And she said, well, I might be. And they said, well, that's an offense. And they arrested her for thinking wrong thoughts. And Christians are saying, oh, you know, we've got to make sure we're polite. The, the biggest problem is not that Christians are impolite. The biggest cr- problem is that Christians are silent. And, and we're worried, oh, are they going to think we're nice? Um, if we've got kids and grandkids, the issue is way past politeness. It's, it's about are we going to speak up for truth or not? And, you know, if you want to talk about offence, it offends me that Christians are more concerned about tone 
than they are about truth. Yes, well, that's a great comment. I mean, I just love this discussion, James. I'm up for a hearty discussion (laughs) and I'm just seeing that cup on the set and I love it. I love some of them and it's going to be very clear. This is a challenge. How do we communicate truth and not go silent on truth? So this has been very helpful. I think that there is so much that's been um, said in this interview, James, that we could really wrestle over and think about how we actually do communicate to this crazy world. Can I sh- share something with you, Tina? Yeah, go on. Just before we uh, did this interview, I was um, grabbing a coffee at my local cafe and I'm on the phone to my dad and we were talking about some of the things that we've been talking about right now. And there was a lady sitting at a table adjacent to me and halfway through the conversation with my father, I became aware she was clearly eavesdropping. And I thought, mm, here we go, because I, I was just talking quite frankly to my father about some of the things I, I think. And I hung up the phone and she she kind of caught my eye and I, I said, hi, how are you? And she said, I hope you don't mind, but can I ask you? And, and she asked me a couple of questions and, and she said, she said, I agree with everything you were saying, but she, she did it in a lowered tone. And, and the fact is that most people, that they know what truth is, but they're too afraid to say it. And when no one's saying it, the price for saying it is very high. And, and so the, the fewer people that speak, the more expensive it comes, becomes to speak. But, but the more people who speak, the lower the cost for speaking. And, and so what I'm trying to say is that if no one speaks out, then it becomes very, very costly to say anything. So everyone just keeps quiet that the best things Christians can do is actually say what they believe and say it politely. Don't be rude. Um, there's no need to to disrespect people. But but let's get over this um, issue that having an opinion means that you're being disrespectful or that being clear means that you're being impolite or that but being quite forceful and insistent is somehow being arrogant. Um, it, it's not. And the, the place that we're in as a world right now demands people who, who aren't beating around the bush but are quite clear um, and in that um, communicating, hey, I, I want to be a friend um, but um, but I need to be pretty clear about what I believe at the same time. And, and I think that's how the church will have influence. But if we just keep saying, well, the only thing we want to do is just make sure you like us, um, then we're not salt, we're not light. And uh, the culture may well like us, but we're not influencing the culture at all. We've been influenced ourselves. 100%. What a great summary. James, you brought that into just the perfect the perfect landing there, the perfect summary. What a great interview. Really enjoyed your thoughts and lots of stuff there for us to actually grab a hold of, learn and grow as we communicate and reach out in our crazy world. In the show notes, I'm going to drop all the links so that you can stay connected to James. You can even follow the Late Debate podcast as well. Watch the show late evenings. As James said, 10 o'clock might be late for you if you're you're my age. The other thing, Tina, I should just mention is you, you can watch Sky News Australia on Foxtel. A lot of people don't have Foxtel, but there's an app. It's only $2 a week and you can watch not only Sky Television, but Fox News in America and a whole lot of others. It's called Flash News. And uh, you, it's $2 a week and you can watch 
The Late Debate and other programs, uh, not just live when they're on, but you can watch them later on if you want to go back and watch episodes. So if you don't have Foxtel, Flash News, you can get that app on your phone and you can watch the program at any time for two bucks a week. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's very, very cost effective. James, again, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I trust it's been helpful for you. Don't forget to check out onmissionwithgod.com. Love to see you in the course this year. Have a great week and see you next time. Oh,